0: Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Ryan Dalton, author of the new middle-grade contemporary novel, This Last Adventure. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Sure. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your novel, This Last Adventure, how would you describe the novel?
1: Uh, well, uh, you're right. It's a middle-grade contemporary. Um, and it is uh, the, the basic gist of it is it follows a uh, 13-year-old boy named Archie who uh, uses storytelling and shared fantasies to try to protect his grandfather's memories from Alzheimer's. So it's, uh, it's about their relationship. It's about family and uh, it's about growing up and uh, you know, a lot of what it's like to be 13.
0: Well, do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write this last adventure? Yeah, I
1: did. So, um, my grandfather, uh, died in late 2017 from complications with Alzheimer's. And so that was, you know, it was a very personal thing, obviously that happened. And it was, there were years leading up to it where there was lots of difficulties with the family. And it's not something that I had considered writing about until it was was actually my, my mother who, uh, was, uh, you know, always one of the first readers of, of all my books, uh, uh, told me, you know, this is, it's a great subject for somebody to write on. She knows how much I love writing about, you know, character dynamics and, and, you know, relationships between people and dialogue. And she said, you know, this topic would be perfect for you to write about. Um, and I initially said, no, thank you. (laughs) It's, it's not the kind of thing I write. Um, I, I don't want to write a depressing book. Um, there were, there were lots of reasons that I thought of to, to say no. Um, but then the more I thought about it, um, the more I came around to the idea and I, I realized as it was, it was probably a year before I, I, I actually conceded and said, okay, this is something I want to do. Um, but it took that long for me to think of an angle that felt like something that I would write uh, a way that I could write this story that it felt more hopeful than sad, where it wouldn't just be a depressing book, but that would, there would be a lot of different emotions in the book and it wouldn't just be something that's a downer the whole time and so hope became actually one of the central themes of the
0: book so i really enjoyed writing that that's great well what was your initial writing journey that led you to writing your first novel oh boy i i always was a book nerd i always loved them and uh
1: so it it was kind of natural to me when i as a kid realized hey the um these books that i love so much are actually written by real people um and as soon as i realized that that i mean and i was you know probably six or seven years old i, I just kind of thought well of course that's what i'm gonna do um and then you know li- life kind of happens and you, you get away from it for a little while so i uh, for a lot of years could just kind of treat it like a hobby but then uh when i was in my mid to late 20s i was uh you know, kind of very unsatisfied with the, uh, you know, the corporate career that I had. And, um, and it just kind of came back to me. It's like, you know, I've always loved writing. I've continued to do it. I have just always treated it like a hobby, but if I take it seriously, I wonder if I could turn this into a real career. Uh, and so it was at that point that I started, um, practicing in a different way, practicing really for the, the preparation of, of writing like real full length novels. So for a couple of years after that, I just, I wrote all sorts of things that, um, just to get experience. I wrote lots of, uh, short stories. I entered, uh, like short form screenplay contests. I even, uh, I, I, would tell friends, Hey, if you want to sell something, let me write your ad. And I would write these crazy ads that actually ended up getting me freelance work with an actual ad agency. Cause they liked one of my ads. Um, so it it was just uh, I wanted to get as much experience with as many different kinds of writing as possible. Um and then there was a point where I said you know what I think I'm ready. And I had been keeping uh basically a a notebook full of different story ideas and I went through that I probably had 20 or 30 at the time and um so started just paging through it and saying okay what stands out to me. Um and I ended up coming to this one idea that became the year of lightning, my first novel. Um, and I said, you know, this to me is the most interesting. And, uh, so I, I started right away. I started outlining and, um, there were kind of the rest is history that turned into a trilogy that I sold. And now here I am with uh, my fourth book about to come out, which is a completely different type of book.
0: Well your book this last adventure is a middle grade novel What appeals to you about writing middle, ga- middle grade novels?
1: This is my first middle grade so my first three were were young adults mm-hmm. uh, which i which I thoroughly enjoyed but um when I was that was one of my breakthroughs for this story actually because uh, it, it when I realized the tone that I wanted that I wanted it to be more hopeful and that I needed a main character who would be willing to do the things required for the story and, and be able to find hope in what feels like a a hopeless situation and uh and have some more brightness to it i realized you know this can't be ya if it was going to be ya would people would it would need to be darker it would need to you know be angstier probably in order to be believable for a, a an older teenage kid uh and then it, it just hit me you know what this needs to be middle grade i need to have a character who's young enough to be able to still believe you know and uh at that point on i i that was just that was there was no going back once i realized that i was i was full in on middle grade and i had already been reading and enjoying middle grade anyway so um it was uh, it was exciting to dive into it and try something new and now having uh written one that i really liked i've really fallen for for writing middle grade so um most of the things that
0: I've written since,
1: and I'm planning to write it in the future in middle grade.
0: That's great. Well, what was your writing process when you were working on, on this last adventure? Did you outline the novel extensively or just dive into the narrative?
1: Uh, I I'm a pretty heavy outliner, uh, especially in my previous series. I was a very heavy outliner because th- those were, those had time travel. They had mystery. They had a very large cast of characters. And so, Um, through that experience, I knew I needed to be a very careful, very heavy outliner just to, you know, keep everything in my control so that it doesn't Mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, (laughs) so that I don't lose track of anything. It it ends up being a big mess. So, uh, ever since then, I I have been an outliner and the type of way that I outline is different for every story though. Um, so with this one, I, I didn't have to be nearly so. Deep dive via on on the outline. I had a a basic outline for the character arc, so I always have a separate outline for character arcs. So I start out thinking, okay, where do I want them to start out, and then where do I know I want them to end up, and from there, you know, I I plot essentially the main inflection points of their character journey, uh, and that's one outline. And then I have the plot outline, um, which tends to be iterative. So I have a few levels of outline. I've got the the high level one, which you know may just be Uh, a few pages were kind of a timeline where I've got the high points uh, and the main things that are going to drive the developments in the story. Uh, And then I have uh, an outline that's more up close that goes kind of chapter by chapter. Uh, And I do that outline in chunks Uh, because when I'm writing, I still want to leave room for, you know, if I come up with something in the moment or a character, does something kind of unexpected in the moment that I really like, and I want to run with, I still want to be able to factor that in. So I'll do that closer up outline the more detailed outline, uh, just maybe a few chapters at a time. And then I'll go back and write those chapters. Uh, and then I'll, I'll stop and outline a few more chapters and then I'll write those. Uh, and with Archie, uh, uh I always call it Archie cause that's the main character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I was, uh, a little more free form with it. Like I said, you know, I, I let myself, um, at times just kind of write what I was feeling about, uh, in, in a certain scene. And, um, just let the characters explore what was happening without a uh, much of a plan, in, in a particular scene, knowing that I could go back and say, "Okay, how does the scene fit in with everything I'm trying to accomplish?" Because because it's, it's you know emotions are very much a, a, a theme of uh, of the story and, and an integral part of it more than my other stories. Just because it's it's such an, an emotionally charged situation dealing with Alzheimer's, I wanted to let the story and the characters have a little more. Uh, control of themselves than I might normally have done
0: well are you working on a new novel now
1: oh yeah i'm always working on something <laughs> um so in uh last year i i wrote another middle grade um which is sort of urban fantasy-ish uh, a little bit and we're uh, we're currently you know shopping that around uh, you know publishing is extremely slow right now so sure um so yeah i actually um, wrote that actually at the Boy, in parts of 2019 and 2020, and uh, so uh, we've, we've yeah we've got that out there now. Uh, and then I took a little bit of a break, uh, and I'm, I'm spending now you know a lot of time on this book, on uh, you know getting the word out about it and and all that. So I'm kind of in uh, publicity mode right now. Uh, but then in February, uh, right when this book comes out, uh, I know the next book that I'm going to start. Uh, my agent and I always uh, work together on kind of the, the next project I'm going to pick. And so uh, there's one that we're both super excited about. I can that's all I can say at the moment, but, sure. <laughs> uh, but there's one I'm super excited about. It is also another middle grade. Um, and I like to dabble in different genres. So this one is a, again, a, a genre that I have not written before, um, but I'm very excited about it.
0: That's great. Well, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels? Uh,
1: a theme of uh, a lot of the writing classes that I that I teach is when it comes to developing your own voice, which uh, a lot of people hear, but it's hard to kind of quantify what that means. Uh, part of how I describe it is embracing your weird. So whatever makes you different, whatever makes you interesting, whatever thing you bring to the table that not everybody's going to bring to the table, don't hide that. You know, don't, uh, don't try to bury that and just write something for what you think is going to be the masses and have mass appeal whatever is specific about you and what you love and what you like to write and uh, and create no matter how you know unusual it is go for it because that is probably going to inform how you write and it's you know ultimately going to set you apart because you're doing something different so that's one of the main things that uh, I like to recommend the other thing I, I end up talking about a lot of times is just the topic of, of writer's block, because a lot of, especially like newer writers, I think give way too much power to the idea of writer's block. And sure. of course you, you may have days or, 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 small periods where writing is very, very difficult, but I think especially newer writers think of it almost like it's a, it's a virus you can catch, you know, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, oh, I've got writer's block. I don't know what to do. Well, what you do is you keep going um, and whatever that means, you know, you just, you, you don't stop because a lot of times what I have found for myself and a lot of other writers who are kind of w- where I am at the moment is that we find that writer's block is mostly just fear. Uh, and, you know, of course there's, you know, if you got a tragedy happen in your life, that's one thing, but um, usually writer's block comes down to Fear of not being your best, fear of not writing up to what you want to write, just fear of not being good enough in your writing. Uh, And the way that you conquer that fear is to just outrun it. Keep going. Start writing. Even if you're not feeling it, start writing and you'll start feeling it again. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, if you sit still, it's going to overwhelm you. So just keep moving forward.
2: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently.
0: That's great. Well, what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed?
1: Let me think what I really liked. You know what? I'm gonna turn here and I'm gonna look at my uh I'm gonna look at my um my bookshelves behind me. Cause sometimes I forget what I've read. <laughs> it's uh, uh it's it's always a, a ton of books. Um let me think here something that I want to shout out that uh I really like. it. Uh, on my bookshelves, I, I tend to, one of my central shelves I keep for um, books that are written by friends of mine that I always like to shout out uh, when I can. So, uh, yeah, this one book is is a couple of years old, but it is, uh, you know, if someone's looking for a book and they don't care if it's, uh, you know, not new, uh, it's a middle grade book called After Zero by Christina mm-hmm. Collins. Um, and that's a book that I would like to get in the hands of a lot of people. Um, it's, uh, incredibly engaging, a really beautiful voice. Uh, it's about selective mutism, which I knew very little about, uh, going into, uh, going into the story. So it was educational at the same time, but a really engaging story. Um, and I don't want to say much else about it because there's, uh, some, I don't want to spoil anything. Sure. <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's a really impressive book. Uh, and I always like to tell as many people as, uh, as I can about that book. Um, in the YA space, uh, there's a book called, uh, called "Echo North" by uh, Joanna Meyer, who is uh, also another friend of mine, uh, and that's YA fantasy and has a really cool kind of fairy taleish vibe about it. Uh, so I would definitely recommend that uh, for fans of YA fantasy. Uh, those are ones that uh, really stick out in my head as uh, ones, even for the past couple of years, that I really really enjoyed. Uh, as far as yeah, as far as nonfiction you know, I tend not to read a ton of craft books. Um, you know, I, I usually like to, Oops, sorry about, about the noise. Um, I usually, I like talking to, to other authors about what we do and how we do and why we do. And I, I learn a lot from them and I learn a lot from having other writers beta read for me and doing the same for them. So I tend to see that as, uh, you know, part of my education. Um, but occasionally I will pick up a craft book. Uh, I think, especially if you, if someone's newer and they're looking not for like a framework to follow every time, but just something to give you in your head a framework of, of seeing how stories can break down. I mean, Save the Cat writes a novel is actually really good. Um, and that gives you, I would say, not a formula that you follow every time or even that you have to follow at all. But if you're looking to understand the scaffolding behind a story that holds it up, and gets it to function and flow like a good story does. uh, That's a very good one. Um, I mean, On Writing by Stephen King is a classic. That's probably the first craft book about writing that I ever read. And I think if you're going to read one, that's probably the the one to read. Because not only does it give you practical things for writing, it, it makes the act of writing feel very accessible. So those are the two I'd probably point people at.
0: That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novels?
1: Sure. So uh Ryan is my website. Uh you can find me at I, Ryan Dalton on Twitter, uh Ryan Dalton on Instagram. Uh and on my website, there's contact information. You know, if anybody wants to email or reach out to me. Um, I like to talk about books and writing. So <laughs> anytime people want to do that, I am down for that.
0: That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Ryan Dalton author of the new middle grade contemporary novel, This Last Adventure. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Ryan, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Great. Now stay tuned as Ryan Dalton reads from his novel, This Last Adventure.
1: This Last Adventure by Ryan Dalton. Chapter one. Grandpa didn't recognize me today. Archie Reese tried to say the words, but they wouldn't come out. He poked at his breakfast while Mom bustled around the kitchen. He tried thinking about his eggs and toast, or the way Mom talked to herself while she made his lunch. The Academy served great lunches, but they were expensive. For him, anyway. Thinking about food didn't work, so he tried focusing on the school day ahead. But his brain kept returning to what had happened 30 minutes ago, and to similar incidents from the past few months. Moments Archie had dismissed at the time because they had only seemed like random incidents. This morning had been different. This morning had felt like what his seventh-grade health teacher described in class last year. There had been a week when they talked about... Alley-oop! A slice of cheese flew across the kitchen. With an audible slap, it landed next to an open ham sandwich. Mom pumped her fist. Yes! Two points! Despite his mood, Archie laughed. You missed. But I got close. That's worth partial credit. Oh, right, Archie said. I forgot about the almost points they gave you in basketball. Don't tell me you've actually watched a game, Mom teased the world may crumble. I've read Kwame Alexander's books, that's close enough. Mom chuckled. She was in a good mood today. No, more than just good. She was acting silly, which meant she was extra happy. Archie always noticed when that happened. For one thing, it tended to be a good time to ask for favors. He wondered where it was coming from today. She liked her job as a dental hygienist, but she went every day, so that probably wasn't the reason. Maybe she had a date tonight and had forgotten to tell him. Archie tried to channel some of Mom's positive energy. Today would be a good day, even if it had started... oddly. He reached toward a stack of books on the table and carefully extricated a sci-fi novel from the middle. He'd been wanting to read it for weeks, but had forgotten which stack it was in. He and Grandpa kept books all over the house. Last year, they'd spent months one-upping each other by finding increasingly random places to hide books within easy reach. Archie had thought he had won by hiding a copy of White Fang in the freezer between two steaks. Then Grandpa had taken the prize by wrapping the sea wolf in plastic and taping it under the toilet tank lid. The memory made Archie smile, until it crashed against the memory of this morning and shattered. You have to say it. Shoving the thought away, he opened the book and leapt into the first chapter, where a lone ship was marooned in deep space. The story gripped him just like he'd hoped it would, until... Do you think you'll have time to split some wood after school? Mom asked. I'd like to get the wood pile built up a little more before it starts getting cold. His concentration crumbled. He stifled a sigh. Oh, um, sure. Great. Oh, and I was thinking that when Grandpa's with his crew on Wednesday night, you could come by the office after school and then we could pick up dinner on the way home. Yeah, cool. As long as the hero won't mind me doing homework in the waiting room. Are you kidding? You'll be someone new to talk to. Should probably pull up a chair for you at the reception desk. Mom turned away and he dove into the book again. But this time, the world on the page didn't come to life for him, and the characters didn't act out the scene in his mind like a movie. His bubble of fantasy kept bursting as the memory grew more insistent, refusing to be put aside. Archie and Grandpa had their morning routine, the same conversation to get the day started right. Until now, Archie never realized how much he needed it. Morning, Grandpa, he would say. Morning, Fletch. Ready for battle? Grandpa would respond every time. Fletch was his nickname for Archie, though he would never explain why. Always, Archie would reply, good, then suit up. That was how it should have happened. That was how it always happened. Until today. Instead. New scene. Half an hour earlier, Archie had mumbled his usual groggy mourning as he passed Grandpa's door. As usual, the door was open. Raymond Reese got up at impossibly early hours and had long since started his day, while Archie still shambled around like a zombie. He slowed his steps, waiting for Grandpa's reply. Except the reply didn't come. Archie paused in his grandfather's doorway. Raymond Reese sat in his recliner, scanning the newspaper. He wore neatly pressed slacks and a button-up shirt with freshly polished shoes. Even for someone as put together as Grandpa, that was unusual. Um, Grandpa? Grandpa looked up, lowering the newspaper, and gave Archie a friendly smile. But it was the smile he gave to strangers. "Warren, sir,' Grandpa said." are you the manager? I'd like to check out today, so you can send them to clean the room. That work for you? It wasn't a joke. Grandpa's eyes always twinkled when he joked. This was real to him. For a long moment, Archie could only stare at his grandfather, feeling completely lost. Should he explain who he was and where they were until the light returned to Grandpa's eyes? Um, Archie began. Then he turned and fled. Hiding in the bathroom, he took a long, scalding shower, and tried to put the exchange out of his mind. Maybe he dreamed it. Sometimes dreams didn't fade when he woke up. He felt a little better after that. But then, as he was walking back to his room... "Mornin', Fletch. Ready for battle? Archie stopped short. Slowly, he turned to look into Grandpa's room. The gaze that met his was no longer empty. Somehow his grandfather was Raymond Reese again. It was clear on his face. He knew who Archie was and where they were. He didn't remember that they'd already spoken. New scene. Archie's insides were cold. He couldn't deny the memory any longer, couldn't ignore the symptoms the teacher had talked about in health class. Felicity Gordon had even talked about her grandmother having it. The disease that attacked your mind and stole your memories. Then it stole your personality, your talents and skills, and your ability to function in the world until there was nothing left but a shell that looked like you. Mom, Archie tried to say, but... It stuck in his throat. Touchdown, Mom said, laughing to herself as she tossed chips into his sandwich bag. Other memories hit Archie from all sides. Ones that hadn't seemed important until now. Just random moments by themselves. His whole family had pretended they didn't mean anything. Grandpa misplacing his phone, then finding it inside the shoe he was wearing. Forgetting where they lived and driving to the fire station where he'd worked for so many years before retiring. Forgetting Grandma's name until he looked at old pictures of them together. Mom did need to know. Archie felt that urgently now, as all the little moments clicked together into one big picture. Mom, he said. Dad, your eggs are getting cold, she called, not hearing him. Are you coming down? Archie pushed past the fear and put as much power into his voice as he could. Mom! She flinched in surprise. Yeah? He couldn't stop now. Holding his mother's gaze, Archie took a deep breath and made himself say it.